You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. I'm Faraz. I'm here with Zach. Uh, we got a lot to talk about when it comes to what happened in week 13. Week 14 is right around the corner. We got one more game tonight. Monday Night Football, Saints and Bucks. And then we got week 14. The week yeah. that determines it all of whether we're going to make it to the fantasy football playoffs or not. Literally, like, everyone who listens to this podcast, me and you, Zach, yeah. we spend a lot of time on fantasy football. And yeah. when we don't make the playoffs, kind of sucks a, a little look. bit. Because, yeah, it's a bad look because uh, it's like, <laughs> you know, what have you been doing with all this time that you could have been uh, putting somewhere else, put it to better use, you know? Um, <laughs> hey, man, listen, like for me, you know, the only way I could justify, you know, playing this much fantasy football to my wife is by by creating a business around it. Like that was yeah. the only way. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I, I, I hear you completely. For me, that's the only way I could justify it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's what we did. So that's that's awesome. But um, yeah, the old adage, you know, I, I'm going to be probably in a win in your in scenario in our league. You know, I guess the old adage, coaches don't play. <laughs> I mean, we just hear coach and everybody up and we don't have much to show for. I will say in the followers league, I'm doing all right. But then when that's that one, I don't have any money riding on. That was just for, you know, bragging rights or whatever. I'm doing all right in that league. Um, and then in the important league that we have, the only league that matters, aptly named, um, like I said, it's winning your in. And then my one league with my other friends, I, I'm just doing terrible. I haven't had any luck lamar jackson just went down the, the hits just keep coming um so it's, it's it's fun yeah we play a lot of fantasy football here um i think we get caught up in it sometimes like you said we overthink it we overanalyze and then that's happened a couple of times this, this season to me and i think to you like you said you overanalyze you kept christian watson out that one week i remember you were you said you were tilting that was the one highlight that i remember of this podcast so yeah. far this season I, I i was tilting and you know what you know i'm glad at least i have christian watson Right, because yeah. Christian Watson since then has absolutely been killing it. Right, and we'll get there. We'll talk Christian Watson, you know. But I want to talk about the Jets first. Can we talk about the Jets yeah. real quick? Yeah, no problem. Because you know, listen. Yeah, my, my Jets like they 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 were in the game. Right, they they went down a little early. Right, I think it yeah. was seventeen to three early in the game. Uh, but they came back. They made this a game. They almost had a chance to win at the very end. Mike White yeah. threw for three hundred sixty nine yards. Okay, against the Vikings. This was the Vikings. I get it, you know. But mm. I don't see this quarterback situation changing at all, you know, moving forward. Like, no. as of right now, like, Mike White's looking like a very capable quarterback, you know, despite the two interceptions. I think one was, like, a tight window that got, you know, tipped, you know, and then the safety got 
the interception. And the other one was like at the very end of the game when they were trying to win it. You know, they were in the red zone, and you know, he had to, it was fourth down. He had to throw it in there. He had to throw it. He had to throw it up into the end zone, and it got picked. So, yeah, the Jets did have a chance to win at the end. They almost came through. It didn't happen. But Garrett Wilson, another great game with Mike White. Fifteen targets, eight catches, one hundred sixty-two yards. He almost had another huge touchdown play if Mike White didn't overthrow him by a little bit. Yeah, um, that was. But that one hurt watching. That one hurt. <laughs> if you had Garrett Wilson, you're just like, oh my god, that, that would have been a forty point game right there, you know. But yeah. he he's an alpha wide receiver, you know, in the NFL already. And the schedule the rest of the way is pretty 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 good. And I think I think he's a wide receiver to start, you know. The rest of the way, just like we we ranked him as a wide receiver too this past week, um, and you know you got Buffalo next week, which I'm not scared about that matchup at all. Um, that's a solid matchup. Detroit, yeah, Jacksonville, and Seattle. He he could be that's- not only is he bringing people to the playoffs, but he could win people championships. Yeah, that's a perfect schedule. If you're you know Garrett Wilson, that's that's a bunch of shootouts probably going to be. I mean, you know, the Bills defense for all they're cracked up to be, they've been actually allowing a lot of points, you know, recently. So when they're not the same, I don't think without Von Miller, um, it looks like they're going to be a little bit more um, vulnerable to these playmakers and the Jets offense. Like I said, you talk about Mike White. I don't see this quarterback situation changing at all. I think you should ride Mike White to the end because this game, they were competitive in this game. I bet if Zach Wilson plays, they're not even competitive. I bet they put up 10 points max. And, you know, obviously we can, you know, look at the game that he started last, Zach Wilson. It was just an abomination, you know, that maybe we give him a little bit more of a bad rap than he deserves because he is still a young quarterback. But the fact is Mike White's doing his thing. And he's making this offense relevant. It was – I thought the Jets should have won. I mean, they were down – was it three times in the red zone the last, like, six minutes? It might have been two times. I don't know. But they had a bunch of chances down in the red zone. And they, I think they had, like, two goal line stands from Minnesota. It was just – it was ridiculous. They were inches away from a win. And it's not like the Jets are a bad team. Um, they're definitely going to be con- continuing to compete. But with with Mike White and Garrett Wilson, like you said, he was obviously you know an alpha wide receiver in the league. He just wasn't getting the production. But now the production's there because Mike White throws the ball to the playmakers. And like you said, we talked about, and we're going to talk about here soon, you know, even Cor- Corey Davis and Elijah Moore were getting in on the fun. Even though not they weren't necessarily catching a bunch of passes, they were definitely involved. And it looks like Mike White's going to make them relevant moving forward too. Yeah, and, and you mentioned Corey Davis. Like I think he needs to be paid attention to uh as well. He's coming back from an injury. He saw ten targets in this game. Now, you know, ten targets is a great number, but keep in mind that Mike White threw it fifty seven times. So yeah. you know, it's only a seventeen and a half percent target share. Uh, but he has seventy five percent route participation, which is solid. You know who else had a seventy five percent route participation? Elijah Moore. Yeah. Uh, but only two catches for seven yards on six targets. So womp womp. Um, but I'm still paying attention to Elijah Moore. You know, seems like based on that usage right there, he's out of the doghouse, which is kind of what you want to see. So I think he is worth rostering at this point. I think if he's on waivers, I don't think we really have to spend much to get him because he didn't do anything in this game. Um, but I think right. he's worth putting on benches to see what happens moving forward. I mentioned the schedule. We know his talent. And, you know, maybe I'm beating a dead, dead horse here. Who knows? But yeah, the usage hasn't been this high in terms of route participation since like week six right Something do, like do you think you know? do you think elijah Moore being in the doghouse is more of a problem with him requesting a trade or do you think it was zach wilson all along because i mean obviously he's getting more playing time he's not you know like lighting it up with mike white 
but he's definitely getting more looks. You know, obviously he scored last week. He's looked better than he has all season with Mike White at quarterback. Do you think Zach Wilson was a problem? Because it seems like he's no. doing better. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think it was a problem. I think in terms of route participation, it was it, it came directly after he, he he you know, that trade request did not sit well with the locker room, with the coaches, with anybody. And the next game, he didn't play. They sat him in that game. They just, he was inactive. The game after that, he played a, just a handful of snaps. And then it just went up uh, just by a hair, you know, every game. And then now finally he's back. So it's, it, it reminds me of the, what Kyle Shanahan did with Brandon Ayuk not, last year. Um, and that's why oh, I, yeah. I'm, call, I'm calling for a Brandon Ayuk career arc for Elijah Moore. <laughs> Um, and I think next year, I think he can do his thing just like Ayuk is right now. And I think you never know, man, in the fantasy playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if Moore starts putting up numbers based on the fact that, you know, he's getting more playing time and he hasn't seen this much playing time for a couple months now. <laughs> so like, yeah. yeah, if Zach Wilson was quarterback right now and he was getting this type of usage, I would not care. Like I would leave yeah. him on waivers, but the fact that Mike White, you know, is capable of, of putting up numbers and, you know, making his wide receivers fantasy relevant, then I'm. It piques my interest a little bit. Yeah, something about Jets quarterbacks and throwing the ball over 50 times. You know, Joe Flacco's doing it, you know, earlier this season. Now it's Mike White. But the thing is, you know, 50 attempts, you'd think it was like all garbage time. But this was, you know, like quality, you know, targets. They're not just chucking up downfield and they're not inflating targets by throwing it downfield and that's all they're getting. You know, they're not actually catching any passes. They were moving the ball. Like you said, Mike White threw for 369 yards. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was 505 yards total as a team that the Jets had yeah. or something over 500 yards. Like, of course, that's Minnesota's defense. But, you know, these this is offense where it was a wasteland, you know, just two weeks ago is suddenly, you know, super fancy conducive with Mike White. And he's made all the difference for these receivers. Another guy who might make a difference is Zonovan Knight. 15 yeah. carries for 90 yards, caught all five of his targets for 28 yards, 20 touches, 55% of snaps. This is kind of what I expected coming into this game. And he was efficient against a rushing defense who was not letting running backs be efficient on a per-carry basis against them. Uh, James Robinson had only four carries for 10 yards in this game. He was a non-factor. Uh, Ty Johnson, one carry, seven targets, so he is being used in the pass game. But the Jets had four goal line snaps in this game. Not Knight saw all of them. He even had 40% of the two-minute work. So he's a solid RB2 next week against Buffalo uh, if Michael Carter misses again. Uh, Carter didn't practice at all last week. He was pretty much ruled out early, uh, you know, relatively. He wasn't a game-time decision or anything like that. It's possible he's out again this week. But, you know, when Carter's back, even if it's this week, whatever, I wouldn't be surprised if Knight continues to be the lead back here. Yeah, I, I can see him holding on to the same workload that he had this week. You know, Michael Carter might replace what Ty Johnson did. And obviously, I think maybe Michael Carter gets, you know, more than one carry. But sure. he's going to be he's going to be supplementary in the receiving and you know ground game. But Zonovan Knight, I think he's done enough. You know he should be one of at least, if at many, two running backs in this backfield. You know, instead of getting the majority of the reps, like Zonovan Knight, he looked really good. I think if you take Ty Johnson's workload and you give that to Zonovan Knight, you know you're looking at like a 24 point, 25 point performance, and that would be humongous. You know, we'd be ranking him maybe as a low end RB one. But right yeah. now, just because there's that ambiguity with who's going to be starting in the backfield, you know, he's going to have to be an, an RB2, you know, for next week. But like we said, Buffalo's match, Buffalo, their matchup next week isn't that bad. James Robinson was a non-factor. 
that was kind of disappointing for me. I just feel bad for James Robinson. I keep saying this every time. He gets like a couple carries and that's it. But they traded for him and it doesn't look like they're going to use him now because they discovered Zonovan Knight. And obviously I think Zonovan Knight, you know, the youth and his, you know, dynamic ability is better than James Robinson. He deserves to be uh, leading the backfield. So yeah, as long as his offense continues to play like it has been, even though they they lost this game to Minnesota, you know, there's no reason not to think that he can't get it done for you. Especially if you pick yeah. him up on the waivers, you know, you're, you're psyched. You know, this guy's going to help you uh, run to the playoffs. Even if he gets like 15 touches and then we know that he's getting all the goal line work on an offense that's improving. Uh, and we, we talked yeah. about the matchups. So there's going to be a lot of scoring. Uh, he could be, even when Michael Carter comes back, he could still be used. So yeah. uh, I'm excited to see what he can do rest of season. Najee Harris came back. He seemed healthy. <laughs> Barely, you know, 68% <laughs> of snaps. You know, this split turned into you know, what it was before and Najee, uh, before Najee and Warren got hurt. Uh, but Najee handled all of the early down and goal line work and Jalen Warren handled the passing downs, which is basically the role that they had before. Um, and in, in Najee's last three games, he's averaged 4.5 yards a carry or more. Um, and th- that's his last three healthy games, I should say. Yeah. Um, because he didn't do that the week before, uh, but he's a low end RB two moving forward. Uh, but unfortunately, he won't be one next week in my rankings against Baltimore. I, I would probably be avoiding that offense in general next week. Yeah, the offense with the Steelers, it's not going to be super fancy conducive. You're not going to have a bunch of big performers from this on a weekly basis. But Najee Harris, it just sucks because before the injury, I kind of took him out of the game you know, for a little bit. He was looking more like Najee Harris of yesteryear. <laughs> and now he's been knocked down the totem pole. He's now back to his token 10 points per week you know that's really disappointing i was really I'm, i was upset to see that the only thing is though he did look like you said much better on the carries that he got he didn't get a whole lot of receiving work so that kind of you know strung him down a little bit but did you see that stiff arm that he laid on um richie grant Ooh. did you see oh, that yeah. nasty that was great nasty yeah so he's definitely still got that capability you know we know what he can do he has that capability to be the running back that he was last season but um i, I was kind of surprised you know, that he came out and didn't do better because it wasn't a bad matchup. But um, like I said, he, g- he gave you 10 points. That's what you've been expecting from him all season. And that's what he's going to continue to do. I, I don't think he's going to be ranked. I think his ceiling is right back where it was, where he talked about. I, I think his ceiling is like mid RB2. And, that- and that's a high, yeah. that's like the high point now. But, um, you know, Jalen Warren. I, did- it, it, Go ahead. If I can get, if I can get high end RB2 out of Najee, that's like a miracle. Yeah, that, that's a miracle. That's what I'm saying. Especially like, because Jalen Warren is getting the passing down snaps. Like, you know, a lot of the value that Najee had last year was, you know, because of the fact that he was playing like 95% of snaps and getting all the work. Remember, he got, was it 84 targets, 74 receptions? Like, that was heavily, it looks like now it's heavily inflating his value. It looked like that was just a nice part of his game. That might have been inflating his value, you know, because we talked about it last season that he wasn't efficient on the ground. And now he's starting to look a little bit more efficient these last few games. But, you know, the receiving work hasn't been there, and that's come through. And we've seen that with Najee, that he hasn't had that upside at all this season. He had one good game against Cincinnati in terms of fantasy output. Um, but outside of that, he, he's been pretty much a non-factor. Something interesting happened this game with Pat Fryermuth. Um, his route participation plummeted. It's actually, you know, low-key, you know, gone down a little bit just by a hair each of the last two weeks. It wasn't too concerning. It went down to 71% last week. And then yesterday on Sunday, it went all the way down to 55% route participation. Zach Gentry, for whatever reason, ran a bunch of routes in this game with Fryermuth off the field. So 
just when you thought you had a good thing, right? You have a tight yeah. end. You're starting every single week. And, you know, the production was okay this week because he did have that big catch, broke a tackle, and was able to, like, run up that sideline for a big play. But if that didn't happen, you're not looking at a you know decent week. But, you know, hopefully this goes back up next week. Hopefully this is a one-game blip. Uh, but yeah. if, if the route participation stays around 55%, even 60%, like, that's not good. Like, we don't want him to fall into the tier of tight end streamers. Like, Brian Woods is very talented, but yeah. talent doesn't always overcome this type of thing. Yeah, it doesn't overcome Matt Canada and this offense. It's just not yeah. good. With, with the Steelers, you know, he's obviously, you know, they have other weapons, you know, in the receiving game. They have Deontay Johnson. They have George Pickens. But Zach Gentry, what is he doing on the field over Pat Frymuth? And, they said, and like we said, running routes. I get it if you bring Zach Gentry on the field and that inflates his snap count to be a blocker. You know, maybe, sure. maybe he's maybe he's a better blocker. But Pat Frymuth, he's like, I don't want to say your best weapon, but maybe your most reliable weapon just because of his size and the way that he operates. You know, he's a very reliable receiver. And even though he had this low snap snap count, he still finished. He could. He's in line to finish as a tight end seven this week. You know, it's still a tight end <laughs> one finish because um, he had 76 yards on just three catches. But um his target share has gone way down these past few weeks. Um, from week seven to eleven, he had nine, seven, seven, and twelve targets. And then the past two weeks, he has nine total. I don't know what's going on with the offense. Um, it hasn't really come. Nothing has really changed. That's making me think that there's something that's causing this underlying thing that we're going to be able to determine whether it's going to go up or not. But we definitely need to see this, you know, snap share go back up because if it doesn't, like you said, it's going to be a collection, like just an absolute collection of players in the streaming in the streaming scene for the tight end position. It's just ridiculous. And with all the injuries now to tight ends too, it's just like there's nobody left. Seriously. You're just grasping at straws at this point. Yeah. Cortland Sutton, uh, he had a hamstring injury in this game, um, the Broncos game, and, and Jerry Judy is back. He's a little bit banged up as well. He didn't see a full-time role. He was on the snap count. But the injury to Sutton means that, you know, Judy can potentially be the guy moving forward you know, be pretty fantasy relevant. Like this offense isn't good, but in a PPR leagues, like he could be a solid wide receiver three. I don't think he has a huge ceiling, but he could have a floor of like, you know, 12 to 13 points in PPR and then anything more than that, you know, great. Uh, Greg Dulcich ended up leading the team in targets with eight. You know, he does run a lot of routes. He's been high in that route participation category. He's been quiet lately over the past couple of weeks before this week. But he's definitely worth rostering if anyone dropped him, like me, in my league last week. <laughs> so, right. uh, a good a good matchups though for these guys uh, the next two weeks against Kansas City and Arizona. Yeah, no, I hear you. And you know, if you're like Faraz and you dropped him, you know, we, you can't blame you because you look at his past three weeks. You know, before this, it was two points, seven points, three points in PPR. Like, you're not keeping that on your team, especially with but the what way about the about participation, Zach? What yeah, about, about the route participation? <laughs> this is the Broncos offense we're talking about. I don't care if his route participation is 200% in a week. You know, it's not going to change <laughs> effect. He could get all those routes. He could run all those routes. He might get five quality targets. You know, that's that's the problem. Seriously. So Greg Dulcich, you know, he looked better. There's no telling what's going to happen in this offense on any given week. The only thing that's consistent is Latavius Murray getting eight to 11 points. Um, Russell Wilson just doesn't look good. Um, the receivers are banged up, you know, with Jerry Judy and, Cortland Sutton, it makes sense that he's going to see this uptick in targets. But um, yeah, I, I'm not relying on, you know, what's his name? Greg Dulcich, you know, the rest of the way and expecting him to have this type of production the rest of the way. Um, this was one of his better games. 
And he looked good to start, but it's, this offense is just not good enough to have guys that are going to be contributors down the stretch. Jerry Judy, you could take a shot on, like you said, as a wide receiver three. I think his upside caps out at wide receiver, low wide receiver two. That's that's about where I put him. Um, but Cortland yeah. Sutton, man, if you had him, and I have him in one league, and my brother has him in another league, Cortland Sutton just screwed you over this week. And he's been doing it the past few weeks, too, just because this offense is that bad. I don't blame Sutton. He got injured, and the offense is terrible. But, you know, not a good look. If you have any Broncos players, you're you're hurting. Lamar Jackson, he left the game with a knee injury. He could miss time. It's not a seizing in the injury. Maybe a PCL. We haven't heard any details on that just yet. Uh, but Tyler Huntley came in. He completed 27 of 32 passes, super efficient, um, against this Denver Broncos defense. Um, he also had 10 carries for 41 yards in the touchdown. He's worth a pickup. Superflex, yeah. two quarterback leagues, just burn all your remaining fab on him, You know, especially if you need wins the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, we'll see how long Lamar is out for, but I'm assuming he's going to be out for a little bit. Um, hopefully we get some specifics at some point today in regular one quarterback leagues. He's also worth a waiver wire pickup. You know, he'll, he'll probably be in my top 12, you know, quarterbacks for week 14 against Pittsburgh. You know, you know, he's, yeah. you saw what he did 27 or 32 passes against Denver. Like that's good. Yeah, that's good. He, and then you're going uh, to pick underrated. up another. He's so under, and we've been talking about him a lot, you know, this season, just him, you know, we want to listen. We both love Lamar. We're both fans of Lamar, but like, yeah. we just, uh, we're just aware of how good Huntley can be, you know, in real life and for fantasy. So, um, you know, he's somebody that if you lost Lamar this week, he's the guy I'd be targeting. He could be a one for one replacement for Lamar. And we've seen that. 16. And all the people who, all the people who have Justin Fields like you, on by this week as well. Like that's somebody that they should be targeting on waivers as well. Yeah. Except, um, I only have $8 of fab left. That's too bad. Anyway, <laughs> it comes, that's a story for another time. We, if I make the playoffs, you won't hear that story. But if I miss the playoffs, you'll hear, hear the story, um, on this podcast about my demise. But anyway, like I said, <laughs> story for a different time. Tyler Huntley though, definitely, like I said, he's a one for one replacement for Lamar in terms of production for fantasy. Yeah. I think you could say that too. I mean, look, he had the rushing upside, 41 carries, 41, not 41 carries, 41 yards on 10 carries and a touchdown on the ground to supplement really efficient passing. Like, that's all you're asking for out of this offense. And this is in its game where the, you know, Ravens didn't score until the last drive. And this is on like two minutes. Is that what it was? It, it was bad. Obviously, Denver's a good defense, but moving forward, you know, Tyler Huntley, he's, he's going to be a nice piece for you moving forward. He's just, I don't want to call him just as dynamic as Lamar, but he's very dynamic like Lamar. He's as close as you can get to Lamar in a backup in the league. And it's funny that the Ravens have two guys that can do pretty much the exact same thing. They don't have to change this offense at all. Tyler Huntley can run it. Um, we saw that on the last play where he ran in for the touchdown. It was a very Lamar-esque draw play for the quarterback. He looked great. So definitely pick him up. There's no reason to leave him on the waivers. Um, especially, if you, like you said, if you're missing Justin Fields. But even if you have guys that just haven't been playing well recently and they have a low ceil- uh, what's called low ceiling, low floor, you know, just go get them. He has upside. He can be a top 12 play, um, regardless of who, you know, you might have on your team. Like Tom Brady, if I have Tom Brady, I'm going to get him. If I have, I don't know, I would say Jimmy Garoppolo, if he was still playing, I would say go get Tyler Huntley. But obviously he's not. Um, well, a lot, we'll a lot, talk a lot about of people, that later. yeah, a lot of people had Jimmy G in two quarterback leagues and Superflex leagues, and they, they were chilling with him yeah. as, as their QB too. But now, yeah, he's another guy that a lot of people have to go after. By the way, if you have Mark Andrews, 
kind of low-key excited <laughs> for <laughs> for uh for Tyler Huntley because if you look at the games, Adam Levitan uh from established to run just posted about a couple hours ago. You know, we knew that Andrews, you know, was doing his thing with Huntley last season, but here are the game logs with Tyler Huntley for Mark Andrews last year. Eight for seventy-three, eleven for one fifteen and a touchdown. 10 for 136 and two touchdowns, six for 89, eight for 85, and then yesterday, four for 53. So, yeah, pretty good. So, you, might- you know, maybe, maybe, you know, the next couple of games, if, 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 let's say Lamar is out for the next two, three games, it's possible that Mark Andrews ends up being a positive benefactor from this, you know, from this injury. Yeah. We have a league winner at tight end. <laughs> and it's He's Mark Andrews. Doing- <laughs> yeah, he's been, he's been doing fine for you um, this season anyway, you know, just compared to the rest of the field. But, you know, you, you haven't enjoyed the production like you have recently um, or like you what you like to what you like to see recently from Mark Andrews. This could be a thing. We've seen odd things like this happen before. Like you said, Tyler Huntley would come in. And I think there are, like you said, even more stats than just that to back up that Tyler Huntley is a better quarterback for fantasy um, for Mark Andrews than Lamar Jackson. I forget what those numbers are, but I remember seeing that even last season. So it's pretty funny well, we, that, that we posted about it. Bump. Yeah, we posted we about it. Yeah, we did. And yeah, we did. It, it, it was one of my basis for not taking Mark Andrews in the second round. And yeah, I think that was the right decision. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense to take tight ends very high unless it's Travis Kelsey. And I, you know me, yeah. I was kind of just avoiding tight ends. I said, just take your shots on the back end coming in this season. Take your shots on the back end of tight ends. Don't worry about it because nobody outside of Travis Kelsey, maybe Mark Andrews, is going to be you know a difference maker. Although I took a shot on Kyle Pitts, that that fell out for me. But regardless, tight end, it's just it's not a deep position at all. And like we said, with the way we've seen injuries, you know, thin them out. Um, it's funny we we shouldn't be taking Mark Andrews that high. I don't think that no, it's called going to the next year either. I think tight ends, we're going to see them their stock in drafts next season just kind of fall completely off unless Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is going to stay in the top round. Uh, round one. Yeah. yeah it's, I'm really curious to see what the market, how the market reacts to this season because it's been a bad year for tight ends. Um, it, you know, that Baltimore backfield, though, like, yeah, you know, like Drake had seven carries, <laughs> Gus Edwards had six. You know, you can't trust anybody right now in that backfield. It's possible we see J.K. Dobbins back this upcoming week, but even him, like, I'm going to be avoiding. This whole backfield, including Dobbins, including Edwards, including everybody. I would give Dobbins benefit of the doubt. That's just me, just to see what he you, can do. You would start him? Like, where would you have him? Oh, I'm not saying like, I'm not saying I would start him over guys like you know, if you have guys that are doing well for you. I'm not sure I'd even start him over Jeff Wilson, but we'll see. <laughs> I think J.K. Dobbins is the most talented by far in this backfield. You know, obviously he's dealt with injuries and sure. that's, kind of, that's kind of hurt him, but I'm not sure the usage is gonna be there either. If you're in a bad spot, I would see maybe starting J.K. Dobbins just as a you know upside play. But you know, Justice Hill, sure. he shouldn't he shouldn't be getting touches with Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins there. I'd argue Kenyon Drake shouldn't be getting touches as many as he did even last week, even though it was only seven carries on the ground with J.K. Dobbins back. So I think J.K. Dobbins, you can shoot you could th- shoot your shot, throw a dart at J.K. Dobbins next week if you're in a bad spot. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't have too i wouldn't set my expectations too high for him but i wouldn't just you know like count him out because jk dobbins he's a good running back and a good running scheme i I think he can do all right 
we've seen this backfield do too many like crazy things. I can't, I can't deal with it. Not week fourteen, not week fourteen. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it. I'm not but, putting my playoff hopes on the line. I'd rather take my shot elsewhere. I don't know, I don't know. But yeah, no, I get it. Let's see. Let's sometimes see if he practices comes, this week. And sometimes that's what it comes. Yeah, down. sometimes it is what it is. Like you know, if you're desperate, you flex spot, and you you're like, all right, well, I need some upside. I get it. He could get two goal and touchdowns. You never know. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. AJ Dillon ended up having a big week with Aaron Jones getting banged up with a shin injury. Uh, Jones came back in the game eventually, but played only five snaps in the fourth quarter. So hopefully he doesn't miss any time. The Packers are on bye in, in week 14. So that's that's good. You know, if you have Aaron Jones, you're like, all right, well, yeah. at least like even even if he is hurt, maybe he has a week to kind of rest up, and then I don't have to worry about it, and then I'll be he'll be good to go in week 15. And if you have Aaron Jones, hopefully you already made the playoffs. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, you weren't with Aaron Jones. This injury actually comes at an all right time if it's going to come at all because you weren't going to have him anyway next week. So it's like exactly you're not hurting. You're not hurting too much. You were expecting going into this game not to have him next week. So you're not. There's it's a net. It's a net change in value of zero at this point, unless it becomes a more, you know, impactful injury, which we'll find out. But it, but if you have Christian Watson, right? Yeah, you ain't gonna have him, and boy, will you miss him because that's at least a touchdown or two taken off your fantasy points total next week, right? Like yeah. another two touchdowns on Sunday from Christian Watson. This is his third multi-touchdown game in four weeks. You know who else has done that? In the last four weeks, Devonta Adams. Yeah, you know, he's Devonta also pretty Adams. good. Yeah, he's but pretty good. <laughs> he's pretty good. You know, the Packers were like, you know, like how, like, can we try to get Watson to score like every possible way? Like he hasn't <laughs> scored a touchdown on the ground yet, so like they give him a carry, one carry in this game, and he goes ahead and scores a forty-six yard rushing touchdown on an end around. So yep. he's a he's a must start once the fantasy playoffs come around in week 15 uh there you must have had some really really good options if you didn't start christian watson this week and it's amazing to me the types of questions i've received about christian watson like start say questions around justin mm-hmm. watson going into this week and it's just like let's not overthink it here you know I, yeah. I i'm you know i'm a guy who loves to look at utilization and the underlying metrics and all this kind of stuff but it's like guys if dudes are scoring touchdown every week i get it like, you know, is it sustainable? No. But keep doing it. Keep yeah. starting him until he stops. And even when he stops for that one game, start him again the following week. Because, like, at the end of the day, we're trying to get fantasy points here, you know? And Christian yeah. Watson 
continues to do his thing. So, so what is that? Eight touchdowns in four in weeks. four games. Yeah, and, and we did a post on that too because it's just ridiculous. And like I say, it's not just receiving touchdowns; it's scrimmage touchdowns. They might have just unlocked a facet to his game they didn't even know existed. It's called running the ball. Imagine if he gets a couple carries a game too. Like, especially with Aaron Jones maybe missing time. Like, is that out of the question? I don't know. Christian Watson, he's just been ridiculous. And of course, he starts with three touchdowns against my Cowboys. But just the rest of the way, he's been scoring touchdowns. You know, you want to call him, oh, Christian Watson, he's touchdown dependent. You know, once the touchdowns stop coming, like you said, he's not going to be doing anything. Well, he's not touchdown dependent until he doesn't score points, you know, at all. It's just so funny because, like you said, you talk about the underlying metrics. Yes, we could beat we could beat uh, that horse all day. But when he's scoring touchdowns, like he is. Like, have we seen a player do this? I mean, outside of Devontae Adams. Have we seen a player this young do this? Like, was Randy Justin Moss. Jefferson? Sc- yeah, okay. Randy Moss was doing it. I-, I wasn't alive for him in his rookie season. Or I wasn't capable <laughs> of watching and playing fantasy football. But, you know, like, this is one of the first times, you know, especially after the way the season started, this has come completely out, completely out of the blue. He couldn't stay healthy, but now he's healthy, and he's just, like, going crazy. And that's just perfect for Christian Watson. He is definitely – is he a wide receiver one, you know, the rest of the way? Are you, yeah, you going to have he, him ranked he, up there? Is it... I'm not going to have him ranked there. I'm going to have him ranked as like a high wide receiver two. So there are I, I there think... are guys that I'm starting over him, you know, but well, yeah. it's going to be like the elite guys. You know what I'm saying? Like it's going to be the elite guys. Um, right. Here, here's a question. Like Garrett Wilson, for example. Like Garrett Wilson and him are most likely going to be back-to-back in my rankings with Garrett Wilson one spot above him. And right. That's because I know he's going to get like 10 to 15 targets. <laughs> yeah. Here's a question. Okay. Would you start Christian Watson or CD Lamb? Um, I think I would start CD Lamb. You think? I mean, I feel like that I, was I really so. close. And if I was in that position, I would seriously consider Christian Watson. Yeah, I would consider him too. Like they are playing the Texans next week. Okay, let, okay, let's not say next week cuz Watson's not playing. Yeah. Cowboys are playing the Jaguars uh, the week, the week after, after. In, in week 15. Christian Watson's yeah. back. Um, the Packers, who are the Packers playing in, in the week Packers 15? The Packers play say. the Rams. The Rams. Oof. <laughs> I might have to go Watson. <laughs> you <laughs> have, have to. to. Go Watson like, there. So yeah. you have to, I would consider in that game, I mean, I mean, the Jaguars have looked good, but, you know, with – you know, the Cowboys, the way they're playing, they seem to pull away and score a lot of different ways that aren't C.D. Lamb. So <laughs> I think you look at the game script and the way that the offense has been operating for Dallas. Like, everyone's just scoring touchdowns. It's not ever focused on one player. And the way Christian Watson's been playing, I, I would seriously consider that, you know, Christian Watson over C.D. Lamb. It's just a really good matchup against the Rams. So, like, I, yeah. would, I, would, I, would, I would definitely want to do that for sure. So, yeah, I can see it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what my rankings look like. It's, in it's, it's interesting, yeah. It's close though. It's close. Um, okay. So what else? Um, yeah, man. Like, so I'm excited. Just I'm I'm excited for Christian Watson to see what his career. And I also wanted to mention, you know, for 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 dynasty guys, like, like don't don't sell them. Like, don't don't sell no. them. I I, no. I I get it. I you know I get the whole thing is like sell high and like, you know, he didn't play in that at, 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 you know FCS and all that kind of stuff. But like, I mean, he's from the FCS and all that. I get it. But, you know, two what is it? Two point three yards per route run. Two point three yards per route run this season. That's only behind Garrett Wilson. Um, so I'm not, I'm not, 
like this is a, a very that's a very good number. And yeah. receivers who hit that threshold of two yards per route run or higher in their rookie season, you know, with a minimum of two hundred fifty routes run, they go they go on to usually become you know perennial wide receiver ones for for a couple of years. So like, I would not do that. I think I no, just no. think Christian Watson's a good wide receiver. Yeah, it, <laughs> it has it been it has been all stonks for Christian Watson owners, you know, yes. recently. So that's just hold on to that. There's no reason to, you know, lose out on any potential value. Like this isn't his ceiling, I don't think. You know, I think he definitely has, you know, more to offer. He, if he can get more consistent as far as, you know, catching passes, make that production a little bit more consistent. Obviously, touchdowns are great. If he takes that and he just makes it a bit more consistent, you know, he could be a really just fantastic piece. You, you, you're not going to want to move off him in Dynasty I agree. for years. He's He's still a raw player, and you know he's not anywhere close to how good he could be. Yeah, Justin Fields in that in that division, he's back. You know, even though he threw two interceptions, he still managed to have a very solid fantasy day because of the seventy-one yard rushing day. He, well, he had a he had a touchdown. Uh, how how long that was another fifty-yard touchdown for him, right? It's a fifty-five fifty-five yard touchdown. touchdown. Um, only six carries in this game, so it seems like they chose to take it easy a bit on that shoulder. Um. Cole Komet, you know, he ran around on almost every single drop back. He led the team with uh, the Bears with seven targets. You know, Darnell Mooney was out, right? Obviously, he's out for the rest of the year. So you got to move him back up the tight end rankings moving forward with Fields back. Um, yeah. So he was able to get it done for you. Fields is able to get it done for you. Field, you know, they're they're on a bye this week. Um, but when they come back, you know, like Cole Komet, if you have him, he should be in, in your lineup. You know, he's probably a top six, top seven, seven tight end the rest of the way. You know, you might yep. might want to re- might want to replace Fire. I'm going to replace Frymuth in my rankings with Cole Komet. Okay, and yeah. Justin Fields. You know, he's a must start quarterback at this point. You know, top probably top four option right now at QB. Yeah, he he definitely is. You know, and Cole Komet. You know, just talking about him real quick. Justin Fields just makes all the difference for him, and he's going to be relevant just because of Justin Fields. Cole Komet's going to be a perfect uh, replacement, like you said, for Pat Frymuth. Or if you have other guys, if you have nobody, you know, if you've just been riding out the storm at tight end, um, if you can get, if you have Cole Komet, you're starting him. I, I think you could set him and forget him. He's actually someone I'd start with confidence as long as Justin Fields is playing. But um, Justin Fields, I think it kind of flies under the radar. You know, he did have 71 yards on the ground, but 55 of that came on that touchdown carry, and that's all great and well. But outside of that, that was a five for 16 yard rushing performance. You know, so take away that touchdown, and suddenly it looks really bad you know in terms of production that touchdown accounted for half of his points you know right there and obviously he was efficient 20 of 25 he was good you know passing the ball he threw two picks and that hurt him a little bit but i i'm not worried because we know justin fields can do that but i would definitely temper expectations just a little bit because they did definitely dial back the run plays and he's not scrambling he didn't scramble as much in this game as he has in the past so maybe you know he comes back healthier next week and returns to that um, but until I see that, I'm just going to kind of be a little leery. He does have the buy, so he should come back extra healthy, and he could get back to that. That's that's what I kind of see. Who are you starting in Week 15, Justin Fields or Joe Burrow? I got to see the matchup for Joe Burrow. Joe, Joe Burrow's going up against uh, Tampa, in Tampa. And Fields. The Bears are playing the Eagles. Mm. The Eagles. Now, the Eagles' defense, as, as bad as – as good as the Eagles' defense is, the Eagles as a team are. The defense hasn't been like you know fantastic. Um, I would maybe have to go with Joe Burrow the way he's playing. 
but Justin Bur- Fields. Burrow has all, all his weapons back. I mean, he looked good. All of his weapons. Yesterday. Did you see him yesterday? Like, he, so obviously, good. we'll talk about this game. He looked just ridiculous. And it's funny. I, I talked about this with my brother. It's funny. We talked about Joe Burrow being 3 0 against Patrick Mahomes. I said, but yeah, yeah. he's 0 1. He's 0 1 against Cooper Rush, though. It's like, what's <laughs> that about? It's just funny. Uh, I don't know. I, I thought that was funny. It's, I've never seen, like you said, it seems like every time I've seen this, a bunch of commentators are saying about, you know, Patrick Mahomes never looks uncomfortable until he plays the Bengals. So it's weird. It is weird, man. It is. Um, All right, let's let's stay in the division. DeAndre Swift is back. Finally. He's back. (laughs) He's now a top 15 running back moving forward. Weekly top five upside. Remember the role that, you know, we all drafted DeAndre Swift to have? Like he, yeah. it's been trending up slowly over the past couple of weeks. He's back in that role that we drafted him to have. 14 carries, 62 yards, and a touchdown. He had more carries than Jamal Williams. That's huge. Caught mm. four of six targets for 49 yards, 51% of snaps. Uh, he had more than 50% of the running back carries. He ran around on 52% of dropbacks. I think that last part should go up even more if they continue to phase out Justin Jackson next week. He yeah. was Justin Jackson was still involved a little bit more than we'd like. But hopefully he just goes away and it's just a little bit left. So once he goes away and we see like 65% route participation from DeAndre Swift, he'll be fully, fully, fully back. But yeah. hey, like now from now on though, DeAndre Swift is in my lineup. Yeah, absolutely. And like we said, it only we only needed to see a 50-50 split between Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift or anything close to that, you know, for DeAndre Swift to be back to this relevant role. But he went to 50, I think it was 51% snaps. Is that what is that what it was? I think that's what it was. So yep. he was it was perfect. This is exactly what you wanted to see after seeing, you know, the numbers kind of uptick last week. It was funny because he was quiet for like three weeks in a row. And then last week, it was like the glimmer of hope. You know, like we said, you saw the little light at the end of the tunnel. And now it's like that wasn't, you know, like an aberration. He's definitely back. and He's going to have this workload the rest of the way, hopefully. Um, I don't see a situation where he doesn't get that. But DeAndre Swift. He was just, he looked like vintage DeAndre Swift. And that touchdown was just like the icing on the cake. It was perfect. This is what we want to see from DeAndre Swift. It can continue to go up. I think if he can get to 60% of snaps, I'm not sure if that's going to be possible, but we'll see how it goes. If he gets to 60% of snaps, imagine what he can do. You know, that's going to be huge. And his upside, we know the type of player he is. He doesn't require a whole lot of work to get this type of production. Man, you know, I'm just ecstatic because he's finally back. And, And this is a game where the Lions were up the entire time. Right, like, yeah. If, if you if if we're talking about a game where the lines are down, DeAndre Smith is going to be on the field more, and yep. the fact that they were up in this game in a positive game script, and he saw fifty percent of snaps, that's a good thing. That's what you want yep. to see. So up in the game, in a negative game script, it, it it would be even better for him and what his production could look like. Yeah, up in the game in a positive game script, you'd think, oh, that's Jamal Williams territory. Yeah, you know, they're just going to run him in the middle. No. They were handing it to DeAndre Swift at the end. And obviously, you know, 14 carries isn't a super inflated number, but he, like you said, he outcarried Jamal Williams. That, that's humongous. You know, that makes a big, that makes, that's a big deal, especially with DeAndre Swift, like you said. And that's a good point by you bringing up the game script that they were in. This was an absolute blow. And just a comment on the game. I thought Jacksonville had more in the tank than that. I, I, yeah, I, me too. We know, we know the Lions are playing much better as of late, but a 40 to 14 throttling, and it was actually, it wasn't even that close. Um, I, I didn't expect to see that. Do you remember the days when we were buying Amara St. Brown? Yeah. Do you remember what we were buying him for and yeah. what people were hesitant to give up for him? Yeah. Well, yeah. You, you, you talked about yeah. bad trades 
all the time about yeah. people me- messaging you about bad trades. He's a uh, he's a top five wide receiver the rest of the season. Caught eleven or yeah. twelve targets for one hundred fourteen yards and two touchdowns. Looking like he's about to win leagues for the second year in a row. And yeah. how many how many shows has he been on? How many of our buy sell shows has he been on? Like in a row that we talked about. Hey guys, buy Amon Ra, buy Amon Ra, buy Amon Ra, and the price that you had to pay was nothing. Yeah. Like there are guys that are probably on the waiver wire right now because they don't produce anymore that you could have got Amara St. Brown for, but you didn't want mm-hmm. to give him up because you didn't want to give up your, your low end RB two for Amara St. Brown. And if you trade away Amara St. Brown, there's a chance that the guys that you traded for are on the waiver wire right now. You know what I'm saying? And th- and that's just humongous. Like you saw this coming and it, I was kind of, you know, just riding your coattails on this one about Amara St. Brown. You know, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was right. You know, just kind of take his advice with Amon Ross St. Brown. You were bullish on Amon Ross St. Brown. And now, you know, he's had two straight top three finishes at wide receiver, assuming nobody goes off, you know, tonight. Um, it's just ridiculous. The target the target share that he's getting is ridiculous. You know, it doesn't matter how many times they throw it. He's getting eight, nine, ten targets a game. He had 12 targets in this one, caught 11 of them. He catches, like, every single ball that goes his way. I mean, you don't he, see him. he's tough. Yeah. He's so tough, dude. Like, he gets destroyed. On these hits, like you know, he plays out of the slot a lot. He gets destroyed yeah. on these hits, like you know, up the middle, safety's hitting him, and he he's he gets hurt. He he goes out of the game, and you're like, uh oh. Literally the next play, like he's back on the field. I'm like, yo, yeah. this guy is like his mentality is like you know, kind of like I don't know, like Russell Westbrook or something. Like, I, like I, his mentality <laughs> is so like, like you know that X-ray. Like of like <laughs> of the dog in him. The like, dog, like that's yeah. literally he got that dog. He in has him. that. He he got that dog <laughs> in him. Like he has like multiple pit bulls in him. Like he, he's just yeah. like that. And you know, I love it. I love watching him play. Um, another thing about Ahmed Ra, how many times is this dude gonna get tackled in the one yard line? Like yeah. Oh my he, god. He scored two touchdowns in this game, but I don't remember. Was it? No, Jamal Williams ended up scoring on that play. So he could have had three mm-hmm. touchdowns. That was very early in, this in the game. game. Yeah. Very early in no. the game. He And that catch that he did get tackle on the one-yard line, like that was a really nice catch. Like it bobbled, and then he caught it. He brought it into his chest and then got destroyed uh, at yeah. the one-yard line. Um, but there's been so many times this year, at least like five or six times, where Amaraga stopped at the one where he could have had a touchdown. So, you know, it, it, it was bound to come back to him. Now he has three touchdowns in the last two games. Expect it to continue, guys. Like it, it's yeah. it's a wrap. Like if you have him, and you, you probably you know I traded him for him in like three leagues this year, and I didn't have to give up much. Um, in this in in our league that we had together, you know I had to yeah. give up a good amount for him. But at the end of the day, I, I went up against the guy this week, Rick uh, Ricky, the guy who yeah. traded me Amara St. Brown, and um, <laughs> he, he's was, starting uh, Chris Olave tonight. <laughs> can can not, Chris Olave score eighty points? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this was not the week to go up against me with uh, with the guy that you traded, you know, Amaratu. You know, it, yeah. it, it wasn't a good week for for that. And if I was him and I was watching this, I would be I would be just destroyed. I would just turn the TV off and leave my house. I wouldn't be able to watch <laughs> it. Uh, but yeah. yeah, guys, like you know, I hope I hope that worked out for you. Like I, I seriously do because Amarai, he's, you know, we talk about Josh Jacobs, right? And we'll we'll get to him in a sec, but. We talk about Josh Jacobs as being a guy you you drafted in the fifth or sixth round. Now, don't get me wrong; like I was not into Josh Jacobs at all. 
this offseason. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, I did not see this coming for Josh Jacobs. But, you know, everyone right now talking about Josh Jacobs being that league winner that you draft in the fifth or sixth round. What about Amon Ra? Amon Ra was being drafted sixth, seventh round too. Um, yeah. So if you drafted him and you held on to him, he's looking like somebody that is going to turn into a league winner as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about maybe you say he's got that dog in him. And I don't know how many times I heard it on the broadcast, you know, that he's like, didn't he train for Mr. Universe or whatever? Like that kind Did, of stuff. Is, I didn't know parents. that. Yeah, no, his, I think his dad was Mr. Universe oh, his dad. or something like that. That's right. Yeah. Something like so that. Yep, they, yep. That's definitely a family thing, you know, because they probably haven't trained for that. That probably helps him, you know, in terms of being able to take those hits. You know, he's probably very in shape and does what he needs to do. So, I mean, he looks great running out on the field. He, what he's doing, his production, the way he plays, it's just like it's like I said, very fun to watch. And just a comment on your team, and you talk about buying low, I'm on Ross St. Brown. You were the king of buy low, I think, in this league. Because you also went and got Jonathan Taylor. Um, you drafted Christian McCaffrey, right? You didn't trade. I did. All right. Yeah, I was gonna I say. I drafted him. But anyway, yeah. this was like a the king of buy low. league. And I drafted Chris McCaffrey in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, you, you were the king of buy low, but then you also have Christian Watson. Like, you're the waiver wire warrior and the king of buy Like, man, your team doesn't look like it did at the beginning of the season, you know, no, but sometimes that's what you need to do. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm set up nicely here. Like, I'm not going to wood right now. Hopefully no more injuries. I had a bunch of injuries this year. Right. I lost to Trey, Trey Lance. Uh, you know, I had Hollywood out for a little while. I had Keenan, Keenan Allen out the whole year. Um, yeah. so like I had a few injuries, and I'm hoping that you know things can kind of come together now, and I can kind of make make a little championship run. Now I have to make the playoffs still, like you know. Yeah. So like Me you know, you never know. The, <laughs> the, the, this week helped out because I I separated a little bit with points, but you know you never know what's going to happen. We have so many teams vying for the those last couple spots, so you never know what's going to happen next week. But we'll see. Yeah, I think um, like. Every six and six team besides like one or two, you know, one. So we're, we're it's going to be yeah. quite quite a race. Yeah, I think I'm going to stay yeah. put. I've been at the five spot for the past three weeks. I think I'm going to stay there too. So hey, man, it's just as long as you get in. Yeah, yeah. As long as you get in, that's it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a good thing we weren't excited about starting Deshaun Watson this week. Uh, he yeah. did not look good in his debut, but also the play calling was way too cute in this one. Like, dude, like you're going up against the Texans, just use Nick Chubb. You know, just use Cream Hunt. You know, Nick, yeah. Nick Chubb only had 17 carries in this game. He should have had more. Uh, the Browns are just lucky that their defense and the special teams came through. They didn't score an offensive touchdown in this game. Um, but Watson, you know, he's not a top 12 option next week against Cincinnati for me. Like, if you kept him no. for this long after drafting him, it's a good lesson, to be honest. Like, how many chances in that time where you've been stashing Deshaun Watson, how many chances did you have this year at having a decent quarterback off the waiver wire? You had a lot of chances. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you had yeah. Geno Smith early on in the year. Uh, you had, you know, obviously Justin Fields. You had multiple weeks of potentially trying to grab Justin Fields. Um there's no reason to be stashing your quarterback for this long. You know, uh, you know, I'm not looking to drop him. Like, you can drop him. Like, if you have a decent quarterback and you hope that Deshaun Watson was just going to give you a little bit more upside, like, I'm okay dropping him if I have to. But 
you know, he could be shaking off the cobwebs a little bit. That's what I would assume this is. Um, but this game was not an amazing sign. Like, hopefully it'll be, you know, a distant memory, you know, if you were depending on him, you know, to be a solid quarterback for you during this stretch run. Now, yeah. Amari Cooper did see nine targets in this game. You know, this wasn't a away game. Uh, so who knows what to attribute the four for 40 line to, like either Watson <laughs> or the fact that it was an away game. Uh, but hopefully, yep. you know, everyone who has Amari Cooper is like, give me Jacoby Brissett. You know, like people who have Nick Chubb is like, hey, come on, like let's sustain some drives here and give me yeah. Jacoby Brissett back. Because um, you never know. Jacoby Brissett could have threw for three touchdowns against the Texans. <laughs> yeah, you, you never know. And that's what everybody was thinking. You know, I was sitting there thinking, man, what would this game look like with Jacoby Brissett? And I, I wasn't ever worried about the Browns losing the game. You know, if, if things got that bad, maybe we would have seen Jacoby Brissett come back, but they got bailed out by the special teams and defensive play. Regardless, Deshaun Watson, I wouldn't say drop him. I'd say hold on to him because we knew that this first game back was going to be tough. You know, we, we said they, they were going to knock off the rust. I, like you said, Nick Chubb didn't get nearly enough carries. I don't think at all. You know, he kind of screwed you on your pick too. I know we had him over, was it 96 or 91 rush yards? He was the he only was, one, man. He was very close to, you know, making that a perfect card. But with, with Nick, Nick Chubb, he didn't get enough touches. But with Deshaun Watson, you know, how many times did you see him throw the ball and it just landed at their feet? Or like two yards. Yeah, man, I, saw, yeah like, I saw that. It was like I noticed that. they have hyper gravity on his throws, you know, <laughs> for that game. It, it just looked bad. Um, I expected this. I didn't think that he was going to have a humong- humongous game at all. You know, I I, th- I thought that he would at least throw a touchdown. I thought he'd be more in the 10, 12 point range and not the six point range where he finished. But, you know, like you said, you can't say we didn't see it coming. He's out of football for two years. There's no reason to, you know, put the whole game on him against a bad Texans team. Uh, it was just a forgettable one, a forgettable game. And I think that you can forget it. See how he does next week. It's a tough matchup. Cincinnati's defense is no joke. They just handle yeah, Patrick you... Mahomes. And exactly. nobody had a big nobody had a big fantasy day, you know, I, you, would, you would expect um, against this Bengals defense. They're, I think they're a little underrated. You know, obviously they, they allow some points, but they keep them in the games and make the plays when it counts. And they have playmakers. Uh, the pass rushers, Trey Hendricks and Sam Hubbard, you know, they're not bad. This could be a rough, another rough outing for Deshaun Watson next week. So I think you could hold on to him. I think that the upside is still there, but it's not going to be till late, if at all, or next season that we see that. Now, if Brandon Cooks continues to have issues with his calf that caused him to be out of this game, um, Nico Collins is worth a pickup. Uh, he saw 10 targets this week. A few good matchups coming his way. Just wanted to mention that about the Texans real quick. If there's any fantasy relevance to come out of there, Damian Pierce had a decent day, but he didn't score, so who cares? Um, I, I yeah. love uh, – let's move away from that game real quick. I love that the Eagles chose to be pass-heavy from the get against the Titans. Like They knew this was a tough rushing defense and a vulnerable passing defense. So from the get, they just went super pass-heavy, and I love that. Like It seems obvious – but most coaches don't do this. Like, this right. is not what you see. Like, and, and it seems counterintuitive, but like, it, it, is, it is counterintuitive when it comes to like what coaches actually do in the NFL. So, Justin Hurts ended up throwing the ball 39 times in this game. Uh, you know, in a 35 to 10 finish, he threw the ball 39 times. Okay. This is not a, it's not a pass heavy offense. Okay. This is a run right. first offense. So, he, he threw for 380 yards and three touchdowns and even ran one in. He's a beast, dude. Like, when you ask him to throw the ball, he could throw the ball. You know, like he's not just a runner. Like everyone who, 
you know, doesn't believe in in his uh, throwing ability, his passing ability, watch this game yeah. and watch what he does in this game. And when you and- look at all of the metrics that, you know, for a passer in this league, he improved like crazy from last year to this year. Yeah, and that's just, you know, they have all the weapons, perfect offensive lineup. He's in a perfect situation, and he's very, very talented. I'm not attributing it to that. But, you know, you talk about the people that were questioning whether you could throw it. You know, watch the game, turn on the tape, sit down, and make sure you take a plate of humble pie with you. You know, because Jalen Hurts, he's just looking ridiculous. You know, the way that he's playing has been, you know, top-notch. He's throwing it to his playmakers, and they're getting it done. A.J. Brown, man, how good must have that felt playing against his old team. They scored two touchdowns. Oh, yeah. And did you see the second touchdown? Oh, my God. Nasty. He was blanketed. He was blanketed. I was like, there's no way. There's no way he catches that. And, you know, obviously. Well, good, was, on Jalen, uh, good on Jalen Hurts for just throwing it to him regardless. And that's what you do with wide receiver ones in this league. Like, it doesn't matter. Just throw them the ball, especially if they're standing there in the end zone with one guy on them. You know, there's a chance that they could turn that into a touchdown every single time. So, I'd say the same thing about a bunch of receivers. You know, Devontae Adams, a couple weeks, you know, you want to see him get the ball thrown more. Just any type of wide receiver one, you want to throw it to them. But Jalen Hurts, man, just ridiculous, you know, production this whole season. We said that he was going to have this type of season. It's not quite on the level of Lamar Jackson's, you know, MVP season. Remember that. But he's darn close the way that he's playing. He's he's, in terms of fancy production, too. Like, he's just ridiculous. And then just the offense overall, top notch, you know, against a good Titans defense, obviously they're not as good against the pass, but they were able to get it done in every phase, and it was just an absolute blowout um, with the Eagles. So Jalen Hurts, perfect. A.J. Brown, perfect game. You couldn't ask for more. Even Miles Sanders got a touchdown, and he didn't have that. <laughs> he didn't have numbers that were that high either. So no. this was just a perfect game. If you started them, you know, they, they did well for you, even Devontae Smith. Yeah, and, you know, I'd love to see this offense become more pass-heavy. I mean, I doubt that will continue just because, like, next week they have the Giants and then they have Chicago, so I doubt that that happens. But, you know, I doubt that that's going to be their game plan. But still, like, this was good to see. We know what they're capable of. If they have to pass it, they can, which is awesome. Um, On the other side of the ball, Traylon Burks, he caught a 25-yard touchdown, really impressive catch, given the fact that he got leveled on this catch. It was a bit of a scary (laughs) hit. Um, you know, but he got up, he walked off on his own power, you know, after a little while. Uh, but it is possible that he misses next week. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. It looked like he was on his way. Obviously, it was just one catch, but he definitely would have had more run in that game. He definitely would have had some catches and he would have been on track to have similar weeks, a similar week as he had the past two weeks. You know, the target share was going to be there. He had that touchdown. That would have been that was his first receiving touchdown, his true receiving touchdown in the season, right? Yes. So I I think he easily could have been on track for a big game, you know, definitely. Oh yeah. With what like they needed him definitely in this passing game. I think that showed because after that, they couldn't do anything on offense. Even Derrick Henry was getting shut down. Yep, exactly. Um, the Seahawks passing offense was on fire against the Rams. Um, Geno Smith threw for three hundred sixty-seven yards, three touchdowns. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf both went over eight catches and one hundred twenty passing yards, both had a touchdown. Uh, it's what you want to see. This is why they're always bad to back in our rankings because literally every week they're doing the same shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny because we made like a note of that the last time we went over the rankings. We're like, man, they're back to back for the second time this week. And they did the same. Like a, a catch for one yard is what separated these two receivers yesterday. Right. It was just <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah, man. It, it, it is what it is. Um, but in this backfield, it kind of sucks. Kenneth Walker. Uh, it's not an ankle sprain, but it's a jammed ankle. Um, not sure what that is, but yeah, what 
it's, <laughs> it's possible that he misses time. Um, we'll see. He's going to get an MRI. Um, they're going to figure that out and then explain to us what that is. Um, yep. But uh, but yeah, uh, DJ Dallas was his backup in this game. He himself got hurt with an ankle injury. Travis Homer had a knee injury before this game, so he didn't play. I think so. You know, in the order that I would want these players, like so, if Kenneth Walker is plays next week, you're good. You, you know who to play. If mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker is out, I prefer Travis Homer, but we don't even know if he's going to be healthy for next week. Right. DJ Dallas, we don't even know what his status is as of this point. So this is a situation to monitor. We'll we'll have some more on it hopefully in tomorrow's podcast. We'll any news that comes out today, we'll break it down tomorrow. Uh, on the podcast or maybe even my Instagram stories and that sort of thing. And we'll keep you guys updated. Don't worry. But hopefully we'll have some sort of answer before waivers tomorrow. Uh, yeah. But this is a very fluid situation. Now, if all three guys are hurt, then Tony Jones would be the next man up. Uh, unfortunately, you know, again, we probably just won't know who is the healthiest until their first injury report on Wednesday. But yep. hopefully we get a little bit more detail by tomorrow. Hopefully, and there's a very off chance that we hear anything about the podcast now. If it came out now, we tell you about it. But yeah, you know, I think I think that this this backfield, I would pretty much avoid it right now. I I, I don't care if you know even DJ, DJ Dallas. Like obviously, you'll start him, but I don't think the upside is very high. You know, I think that he might have. You know, or if it's Travis Homer, it doesn't matter who it is. If it's not Kenneth Walker, I'm not starting them as a. Uh, low end RB one, high end RB two. This is going to be like a low end RB two for me at, at max. Yeah. Maybe a high end RB three. So I, I wouldn't invest too much into this backfield, regardless of who starts, unless it's Kenneth Walker playing. And at that point, you know, it's not going to be able to pick him off him up off the off the waiver wire and start him. Um, the offense looks good though, like you said, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett did their things. Geno Smith, just love watching him play, just because knowing the story behind him, it's great. But um, Seattle, they they look good. There's no reason to think that they can't continue to do this if you watch do you remember did you see the game at all did you watch dk yeah i did i was just gonna bring that up i was just gonna bring it up but but explain explain what happened it's just hilarious so he went in motion and jalen ramsey was there i think it was after they he had gotten dk metcalf had gotten a personal foul or something for it was before the personal foul it was before the personal foul on on that same drive it was before on the same drive when they scored the touchdown uh, he ended up getting the personal foul after the touchdown or, or after mm-hmm. he was targeted in the end zone. Uh, but yeah, it, it didn't matter though because yeah. they ended up kicking the kick. Oh, they ended up kicking a field goal on that drive. So it ended up being okay. Um, yeah. But, but but yeah, I mean, DK Metcalf did end up scoring the touchdown later on Jalen Ramsey. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. DK Metcalf what happened a... on this play though. Yeah, so he went in motion. <laughs> and when he went in motion, Jalen Ramsey didn't follow him. And then he motioned with his hand for him to follow Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey to follow DK Metcalf when he went in motion. He didn't. And that was just hilarious. I I wanted so badly for DK Metcalf to win that matchup. You know, obviously Jalen Ramsey is very good, but DK Metcalf is a freaking transformer. And he's just ridiculous when you when you see him on the field, when he's running around, he runs fast and he's just this humongous guy. I couldn't imagine covering him. So props to Jalen Ramsey for even, you know, picking a fight (laughs) with him. I would never do that. (laughs) Seriously, dude, for real. Um, Yeah, but hopefully we'll get some more answers on this backfield tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, it, it was it was fun to watch watch this game. Um, Cam Makers ended up leading the Rams backfield over Kyron Williams. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. I'm dropping Kyron Williams at this point. You know, Akers had 17 carries, 60 yards, and two touchdowns. You know, probably the best game he's he's going to have the rest of the year. 
uh, but he was on the field for 72% of snaps. Kyron Williams literally had was the one who had 70% of snaps last week with both these guys healthy. So the backfield literally flipped like on its back. Um, yep. But it's a mess. Like it's a mess until it's not. Like who knows? Maybe he flips back back. Maybe it's a 50-50 split next week. Who knows? But uh, it was kind of surprising how competitive this game was between the Seahawks and the Rams. Like, this is not what right. you would expect because they had so many guys out. Like, I, I saw, like, a, a stat of, like, how much money that they had off the field. It was, like, $150 million yeah. or something like that no, off I the saw field. Too. Yep. Something crazy like that. But they were, they're competitive. So, you know, props, props to them. I mean, they weren't going to win. But, you know, K-Makers, you know, K-Makers is relevant. He should be rostered. I don't want to start him unless I'm super, super desperate, but maybe he plunges into the end zone. But if he continues to get 70% of the snaps moving forward, you can't ignore that. Yeah. I mean, Seahawks defense. Even though it's even though it's even though it's gross. <laughs> yeah, no, the offense is horrific. You know, but if Cam Akers, like you said, a running back on an offense that's horrific, they're gonna be running it anyway. So you gotta figure, you know, he'll get at least some touches. We saw that yesterday with Cam Akers getting those two touchdowns. But yeah, Kyron Williams, you can drop him. I mean, you don't really want any piece of this offense at all with the Rams and I'm looking at the box score and the stats right now it's like John Wolford threw two interceptions he only had 178 yards he completed just over half of his passes you know Cam Akers only had 60 yards but he had two touchdowns no receiver went over I think 50 yards how is this game this close like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me if you look at the box score it it doesn't tell that story so I, I was surprised but it resulted in good things for the Seahawks in terms of fantasy value and production but um, I I don't want any piece of this Rams offense moving forward. I, I I want zero. Like I don't even care. Cam Akers, okay, cool. He had 19 points for you this week. I'm not counting on that every week. He he's no. liable to go down to single digits again, or you know maybe even zero touches. Who knows? The way this backfield has played out this season, you can't trust anybody. I I guess it didn't take long for Christian McCaffrey to get his elite rollback. Yeah, 82 percent of snaps, 27 opportunities. He had a second highest fantasy output of the season. Only behind that big 40-point game he had in the second game with the 49ers when he caught one, threw one, ran one in. Brock Purdy was peppering McCaffrey with targets with 10. He had 10 total, 9 from Purdy. Uh, and McCaffrey ran around on 82% of dropbacks. Um, remember when you said by week 14 he should be good to go, can be considered as the overall RB1? Nah. You know, it didn't even yeah. take that long. You know what I'm hey, saying? Well, like, he, he, he is sitting. It does stand. Because we didn't rank him as as an RB one as the right. RB one this yes, week, but yes. going into this week, you know, like as of right now, going into Monday night, he's sitting as the current overall RB one for Week yeah. Thirteen in PPR leagues. So yeah, it, it stands. The quote stands. I said by Week so. Fourteen, he will be the RB one. I didn't expect it <laughs> to come this fast, especially with Jimmy Garoppolo going down. You know, that's one thing I would have expected. You know, kind of hamper the offense a little bit. But it looks like Brock Purdy is going to be able to get it done. Uh, maybe maybe it's just the 49ers being such a good fundamental team and such a well-structured and built team that any quarterback can su- can succeed. Trey Lance, I think, would have been fine. With, that's why we were drafting him so high. Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, he fills in perfectly fine. You know, it's a perfect system for a young quarterback. We've seen it before, too. We've seen Nick Mullins control yep. the offense relatively well. Uh, who else? It was, it was some other C.J. Beathard never there. really did. C.J. Beathard. Well, no, no, he did, too. C.J. Beathard, when he came in, he was solid. Like, he wasn't good, but he was solid enough where, like, they were able to, you know, get it done for the most part. So, yeah, this team is well coached for the most part. They were able to beat a good Dolphins team with Purdy as a quarterback for this entire, the entire time. 
Yeah. And Christian McCaffrey is a big reason why. And it looks like he's going to have that role back. You know, the receiving game is where he's going to make his money. And um, yeah, that's going to that's going to be good for him, especially with, the like you said, the check down. That's one thing not a lot of young quarterbacks do is check down. They try to do too much. And we saw that kind of with Zach Wilson, I think. But, um, you know, Brock Purdy, he should be able to get it done, especially for Christian McCaffrey and Christian McCaffrey. Didn't look like he was hampered at all by any type of injury that he might have had coming in. Obviously, he carried a designation for part of the week, but um, he he looks like he's back and healthy and perfectly fine. He's ready to make it for the stretch run. And like I said, RB1 moving forward. And by the way, it was Jordan Mason, not Tyrion Davis-Price, as McCaffrey's backup, in case you're interested in that. It it, it wasn't TDP. We thought it might have been TDP because, you know, the special teams thing, whatever, whatever. But in case you missed it, Jimmy Garoppolo, he suffered a broken foot very early in the game. Uh, he's out for the year. Brock Purdy came in as relief. He was the last pick in the NFL draft, uh, you know, which made him miss irrelevant. Now he's pretty relevant at this point. Uh, the 49ers did sign Josh Johnson off the Broncos practice squad. He was the Broncos' best quarterback, so I don't know what, what they were doing there. But the last time Josh Johnson played, he played for Baltimore. Last year in a game against Cincinnati, he threw for 300 yards and two touchdowns. He, he came in after an injury to Mike White for the Jets last week. Last year, two for 300 yards and three touchdowns. So he's he's yep. capable in case he eventually becomes the guy over Purdy. Baker Mayfield was just just released this morning by the Panthers. Great. I'm hoping the 49ers don't pick him up. Okay. Right. But anyway, moving forward, there was a shift in the Dolphins' backfield this week. Jeff Wilson had only one carry for three yards. That was his night. That's it. Uh, Raheem Moser had seven carries. That was the totality of the running back opportunities for the 40, against the 49ers. But Moving forward, it doesn't look like Jeff Wilson had the 1A job locked down like we thought. So these two play the Chargers next week. It's possible both do well, but now it's kind of up in the air in terms of you know who really has this job. And as of now, it has flipped to Mostert having the upper hand in this backfield. Uh, you know, Mostert also led, led in snaps at 61%, and he ran four more routes than Jeff Wilson in this game, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, mean um, with, I, I wouldn't expect too much out of this backfield, you know, moving forward. Um, I think that it was a little bit inflated what we've seen the past two weeks out of Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. Yeah, it was. And, you know, if one person had like 70% of the opportunity, which we thought Jeff Wilson would have, then maybe, you know, it's it's a good offense. So that running back should get some points, but we'll see moving forward what happens. Um, This podcast is getting a little long here, so let's just roll through a bunch of other stuff that we wanted to get through. Tua apparently has an ankle injury, injury, but it shouldn't be too serious. Just monitor that in case it becomes a thing, but I don't think it will. Um, Chiefs Bengals, Samaje Piran, looking better than Joe Mixon out there. 21 carries for 106 yards. Um, he was doing his thing, man. He has three top 10 finishes and two top three finishes over the last three weeks, assuming that one of the <laughs> running backs tonight don't ball out. So when Mixon's out, Samaje Piran is going to be that dude. Uh, Jamar yeah. Chase, he looked good in his return. He's top five once again amongst wide receivers. Uh, Chiefs backfield was a two-man split between Pacheco and McKinnon. McKinnon started to get a little bit more involved in the in the in the run game, but Melvin Gordon wasn't active yet. Uh, Pacheco, he didn't control all the work on the ground, but he's still a low-end RB two moving forward. Um, Juju only had four targets in this game, uh, but that shouldn't be overly surprising. That accounted for a 15% target share, and his target share for the season was 16%. Uh, it's part of the reason I wanted to sell Juju during that crazy stretch that he had several weeks back. You know, all that crazy production he had, you know, wasn't on any elite target share or anything like that. It was just it was going to fall back to, down to earth. And if yeah. you did sell him after that stretch, uh, you didn't have to deal with his last four weeks. 
Um, I'm still starting Juju as a high-end wide receiver three, mainly because he still has Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback, but pretty tough matchup against Denver next week. He sees Denver twice in the next four weeks. That's tough. Um, <laughs> that's that's tough. That, that's tough, yeah. Hayden Hurst left this game with the calf injury, so you might not have him next week. You're going to have to pick up for some random other you know, tight ends that you have on the waiver wire. It's, it's back to the streaming table. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I will be remiss to not mention Josh Jacobs with another huge game. 26 carries for 144 yards and a touchdown. Dude is balling. He's carrying people to the fantasy playoffs. Devonta Adams also carrying people to the fantasy playoffs. 177 yards receiving in this game. His fourth 120-plus yard receiving game in the last five weeks. And his third two-touchdown game during that span. I uh, want to mention Keenan Allen real quick. Started the game really slow, but he ended up with a pretty nice line. 14 targets to end the game. 35-yard touchdown on that really nice contested catch uh, in the end zone on 4th and 12. Josh Palmer, pretty reliable lately uh, You know when these other wide receivers miss time. So with Mike Williams out, you know 10 targets. He's averaging 10 targets over his last six games, surprisingly. So he's kind of locked yeah. in as a uh, high-end PPR wide receiver 3, something like that um, at this point. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it, man. Nothing too notable out of the Cowboys-Colts game other than Tony Pollard still balling out. Um, they absolutely killed them. Jason Garrett, before the game, you just see this, that he called the called it yeah, for the Cowboys to win by 40. It yeah. was close at halftime, and then he was asked about it again at halftime. He's like, it can still happen. And it almost did. The score ended up being 54-19. to 19. <laughs> So it ended that up happening. Ridiculous. Let me the, ask you a question fun- real quick before we ended out. Michael Gallup, two touchdowns this week. Yep, They have a good matchup next week would you would you start him as like a low-end wide receiver three high-end flex play yeah absolutely i mean the way he's playing he's looking more and more healthy that's been the difference he's been coming off that injury since he came back early in the season and he wasn't ever right but he's finally looking like that again if you saw they threw the fade to him in the corner that's his signature you know it's just a fade he's he's liable to score a touchdown every week and he's just sideline technician he looked good the other thing takeaway for me out of this was zeke actually got it done even with tony pollard doing his thing you know, the run game has become a huge part of this Cowboys offense. So it looks like both of them are startable. Obviously, Tony, Tony Pollard has the upside. But Zeke has a fine floor where you don't have to be worried about starting him. If he's your RB2, uh, you know, I'm not sweating it. I, I'm pretty confident with him. I would say so. Okay. Uh, I think that, that'll do it, guys, for this episode. We appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate you, uh, you know, listening every single day, five days a week, all season long. Good luck tonight. Hopefully, whoever, whatever you need tonight. So get the W. Hopefully you guys get it. We'll be back tomorrow for our waiver wire episode. We'll see you guys later. Peace.